oh my gosh, someone told me that in our last episode, we said we were going to share a picture of the pie from pie day and we forgot oh no i'm the worst that was my fault and she was so disappointed because she needed to make a pie day pie <gasps> and she was gonna get look at us for inspiration. so sorry <laughs> anyway um many apologies to you dear listener i will try to be better and actually share your photos it's not all empty promises <laughs> Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together, we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, what are we talking about today, White? All right, so we have talked about all of the amazing things that you can do in Nepal, all the great things that you can do in Kathmandu. We've talked about how you can kind of get around, like, on tricycles or buses <laughs> or taxis or those things. But today we are talking about how to actually get to all of the places that we have talked about, what the transportation system is like in Nepal and how to travel successfully when you come and visit. Yeah. And how to enjoy your travels too. Yep. That is the goal. Yeah. I think for some people that's not the goal. They're just like, <laughs> okay. It will be pain, and then I will arrive, and it will be good. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's true, too, but... You just got to take what comes. Yeah. That's what life in Nepal is all yeah. about. Uh, but first, before we talk about that, let's talk about our weeks. Our two weeks. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, we got so much to talk about. I know. It's crazy. We've done a lot. I mean... I've done one thing. Not really me. One thing. Yeah, actually, <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> why don't i explain so you guys i actually left Kathmandu. are you so proud cue a cheering sound in the background exactly but yeah it was not for a very fun reason i'm <laughs> very behind on my work and i'm trying to get this like 50 page report written plus the appendices you know in the next like two weeks it's fine mm -hmm. <laughs> So what I did was I went to this amazing place outside of Kathmandu. It's about two hours from where we live with traffic. <laughs> um, and it's called Nagarkot. And it's up on this hill. And it has amazing views of the Himalayas. Hooray. So I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> White met me there for the weekend <laughs> to hang out and relax. And she saw a lot of clouds. Yep. Yeah. It actually was cool. Mm. It like rained and stormed really crazy for two days. which was hard because the power went out and then my computer could charge my computer yeah. oh man it's okay i only had like an hour where i wasn't able to work so mm -hmm. it worked out but um yeah then after those crazy storms the next day it was super clear and amazing oh, and let me tell you that is a very good motivator for working yeah so yeah i sat and looked at the mountains and worked and then i sat inside by the fire and worked mm -hmm. and i drank a lot of coffee mm -hmm. And now my brain is so tired. <laughs> yeah, good luck recording a podcast episode it's, after how many pages did you write? Um, I don't know. I should put it all together. Yeah. 40 to 50 probably. Yeah. Yep. Still cleaning it up and stuff. But one day you too, young squire, can write a whole survey report in four days. If you're talking to me, no thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't recommend it, but it is crazy. My first survey report took me months. And mm -hmm. I mean, 
obviously like I have been analyzing the data and doing all the prep work for it but it's like now that I know the format and I know the writing style I can just sit down and like (gasps) and it comes yeah yeah it's amazing thank you excited for that day it shall be glorious I think I'm planning on six months for both of my survey reports that I need to write so yeah sounds all right especially for the first one I mean I have been working on one tiny step of (laughs) the report for like two months yeah two and a half months it's pretty interesting for those of you who care at all about linguistics actually what white has been working on is super interesting so she took lists of 325 words from how many um 12 12 different places it was supposed to be i think 14 but some of the places had nobody that still spoke the language ah so well that makes it difficult (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so she gathered uh lists of words just mostly really basic words like tree hand eye father mother and then verbs Mm -hmm. um and then she compared them all to see how similar the language is in these different places it's pretty fun. Like it was time consuming, but now I'm kind of used to it. Like it's been my life for so long. Yeah. That you just spend all day, every day mm-hmm. working on comparing these. And then that kind of helps you get like percentages that compare all of these language varieties against one another. And then that kind of helps say maybe they're different languages, but they're related or it looks like maybe they could understand each other or. What it usually tells you is more testing is needed. Probably don't understand each other, but mm, we don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting because it's not always super clear when two different ways that people speak are separate languages or separate dialects or just kind of like different accents. And this tool that we use is one way of helping us lean in that direction Mm -hmm. of kind of figuring it out. Yeah. We use that tool and then a bunch of other tools, and all together we kind of can make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, that probably wasn't the thing you wanted to talk about. <laughs> you did this. I week. mean, that is what I've been doing, like, including the last two weekends I've been working <laughs> wow. on Wordless. Commitment. But, um, yeah, it's so lame what I'm going to talk about. No, no, I'm so excited. <laughs> but I feel like it really highlights Nepal. So. So my really exciting thing that happened in the last week is that I bought a new phone cover. Praise the Lord. I have been begging her to get a new phone cover for like a year. Yeah, I mean, I should have bought one earlier, but it's fine. Anyway, so the process of getting a phone cover in Kathmandu is kind of amazing. Like, if you think about it in terms of Amazon. Yes. Then um I'll I'll walk you through the process. So instead of going on Amazon.com and just searching phone cover for my type of phone, you go to the phone street. For those of you who don't know what that means, <laughs> all of the phone stores are on the same street, all next to each other. Oh yes. Like and they all have um they're like very small little shops and they all have like samsung me huey or whatever Huawei. (laughs) (laughs) i've never actually heard anyone say it out loud and uh so you just go up to one and you're like hey 
I need a replacement cover for my phone. And they're like, oh, it's this type. Here, I have these phone covers. And they lay out all their phone covers. So that's like the result of your search on Amazon. Yep. So you're looking at your search results. And what you have (laughs) is six products that you can choose between. The products are a dream catcher, (laughs) a gym beam bottle, (laughs) the classic sexy gypsy fairy. Classic. Classic. I almost got that, but I did not. (laughs) Sorry, I spoiled the ending. Um, What else is there? Like flaming soccer ball (laughs) that you like see statues of here for some reason. Somebody please tell me. Um, Pink Panther. Yeah, like some random celebrity's face. Oh, yeah. Soccer player's face. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Manchester United because... oh. They're everywhere. Of course. Yeah. And I'm like, well, my phone is has a clear case on it. Do you have another clear case? They're like, no. Why would I have a clear case? Like, well, I think I kind of need a clear case. They're like, are you sure that you don't want the sexy gypsy nymph fairy? (laughs) Like, no, no, thank you. I think I'll go to another store. Okay. And they're like, okay, (laughs) ma'am. So then. You go to eBay. Whoa. The cool kid from the 90s next door. Nice. And ask again, and they lay out a different gypsy fairy. (laughs) And um, now instead of Jim Beam, it's like some 90s band like Metallica or something. Definitely. Yeah. Always Metallica. No, it's reggae. Oh, so much reggae, so many pot leaves. Yes. So much Bob Marley. Pot leaves forever. Yep. You didn't get the pot leaf either? It was a hard choice, but... Why? I'm again, surprised at you. And then this time, though, they were like, though there's this black cover, and I'm like, ooh, okay. You know, I'm going to go to another store still, but like, I could come back if I don't find anything else, so I'm just going to bookmark that. Okay, <laughs> cool. Remember me, shopkeeper. I might be back. And then I went to two more stores, or three more stores, maybe. Wow. And um, in the end, I got a clear case like i wanted and it even says that it's made of um tempered glass (laughs) when it's very obviously just plastic amazing but you know it was like three dollars so and you've been putting this off for a year it's gonna last me another like year and a half yeah as long as it doesn't discolor again yeah (laughs) my my phone is rose gold and everyone thought that it was like copper colored (laughs) because the clear case got discolored gross yeah we live big lives you know it (laughs) big exciting things always happening here in (laughs) cabin too (laughs) oh man well on that note shall we transition to the topic of our episode which is getting out of Kamindu. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We do that once in a while. Every once in a while. Yeah. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of ways to get out of here. You can fly to... There's a lot of tiny little airports in Nepal. I mean, a lot of them were built before there were roads to those places. Yeah. So places like Pokhara, you've heard us talk about that spot. It's kind of touristy. A lot of other towns and cities in Nepal didn't have roads to them. Until kind of recently. So in like the 70s, if you wanted to go to Pokhara, you had to fly there or walk there. Yeah, we know people who lived here during that time and they would walk. Mm-hmm. How long yeah. did it take? Like a week? I mean, it's 200 kilometers, oh so which is like 120 miles. 
Yeah. Yeah. A yep. week sounds right. <laughs> and now you can take a 25 minute flight. Yeah. If it's not delayed. Flights are always delayed here. <laughs> yeah. So you can fly places, but it's kind of expensive and getting more expensive for mm-hmm. sure. It's cheaper for Nepalis, but if you're on a tourist visa, then they take your money. Yep. So um, just be prepared. Yeah. But sometimes it's worth it and you can see amazing views yeah. of the mountains. Oh, yeah. Now that I've flown to Pokhara, taking the bus feels so hard. It ruins you. <laughs> it does. But the problem with flying is the weather can be quite unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I mean, flying in mountains such as these is difficult. Yeah. And actually, it was originally people from Switzerland that taught people in Nepal how to fly in mountains. Oh. Isn't that cool? Wow, that is cool. Yeah. Um, and they brought cheese to Nepal too, didn't I they? Know, they did all the good things. Thanks, There's Switzerland. A lot of weird similarities between the two countries. Yeah. Not weird. Anyway. They're both mountains. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yep. all the sense. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the problem though is oftentimes when you fly, your flight gets delayed because either wherever the plane is coming from has bad weather or where the plane is going to has bad weather. So I've had times where I'm like, yes, I will fly to Pogra and I'll get there so early and have (laughs) breakfast and lunch before my friends come on the bus. And then my plane gets delayed like four hours. I'm sitting (laughs) in the airport starving and I buy like a $10 snack and I'm like, I hate my life. (laughs) So not always better than the other methods of transportation, but a good option. Yeah. So if you don't want to fly somewhere, then... Another common option that tourists take are tourist buses. Wow. And uh, yeah, tourist buses are humongous. Yeah, they kind of make me nervous. I'm like, are you going to tip over? (laughs) They don't go everywhere in Nepal, partially because all of the roads are not like big enough to support those ginormous honking things. (laughs) (laughs) But especially if you're going somewhere like Pokhara, then a tourist bus is kind of like the default option, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. And they're swanky, man. Mm-hmm. You can buy different levels like of how fancy they are. And it can be anywhere from like 10 bucks to like 30 bucks. And the $30 ones are so fancy. Like you have this big, like it's like an airplane seat. So comfy. And then they have giant big screen TVs at the front of the bus, which of course are blasting like <laughs> the same eight music videos on repeat (laughs) as one does of course yes or sometimes they'll play movies Mm -hmm. which is an amazing cultural learning experience yep if you haven't listened to that episode of ours go back and find (laughs) out yeah Yeah, so if you are going to take either a plane or it's like an actual fancy tourist bus to Somewhere like Pokhara, especially like Pokhara, or somewhere that's kind of touristy, like maybe Chitwan, Chitwan or uh, one of the places that you start trekking from. Yeah. Then you can buy your tickets at any travel agent around Kathmandu, and there are plenty of them. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. Just walk in, say, "I want to go here on this day." Yep, and they will help you. Yeah. Just bring, especially if you have your flight, make sure that you have your passport with you because they need to make copies of that. Yeah. Easy peasy. They will not rip you off. No, don't be worried. No, that's like a whole episode in itself talking (laughs) about not being afraid to get ripped off in Nepal. (laughs) You have a story about taking the tourist bus. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When I had been here for two or three months, I was going to Pokhara 
And um, I was going with one of our mutual friends. So I didn't like know anything. I didn't organize the bus. It was all up to her. And so we go very early in the morning to where you meet the bus. Now for us on this side of town, this place is Kalunky. And Kalunky is just as terrible as the name would (laughs) seem. It is somewhere that you eat dust for breakfast (laughs) and wonder if you will ever get back home again. Yeah, it's crazy because it's a big hub of transportation. It's one of the major intersections that leaves Kathmandu. So it's like people drive there and it's where you catch every kind of vehicle (laughs) that is going in that direction. So there's like a million pedestrians and cars. And of course, it's always under construction. And like, it's just nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. So then you get there at like seven in the morning and you're supposed to meet the bus at eight o'clock. And um, so you're surrounded by people who are trying to get you to go on their small micro buses or the other buses like, oh, you want to go to Pokra? Go to Pokra, Pokra, Pokra. We can take you to Pokra. How much are you, where are you going, Pokra? <laughs> and then you're like, no, we're going on this green bus. And they're like, oh, it's not coming yet. They come from the north of the city. And then it's so loud that when the bus actually comes and the driver, who of course has your number, (laughs) calls you, you don't hear it and you don't feel it vibrate. No. Because it's loud and clunky. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was why you missed the Yeah. So I guess it just like left without us and we didn't realize it because it's a pretty big stretch. It's not a bus park. It's just a road. So like the buses pull up, they pick up their passengers and then they leave again. And um and we never saw it. No. So then we're kind of like, what? You know, like we're waiting for like an hour and a half. Probably we're like, I don't know what's going on. And don't worry, though, because the Salvation Bus <laughs> came. <laughs> it actually says the Salvation Bus on the windshield. <laughs> and they they stop and they're like, oh, you guys need to go to poker and you missed your bus here. Get on. It's fine. <laughs> Do you think that's like what they do? They're like, we will kind of get think all so. of the t- dumb tourists who miss like, their bus. Like they come last. Like they probably came at nine o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. So yeah. So then they picked us up and we went on the Salvation bus. And then maybe like two hours later when we stopped for like a toilet and a snack break, then they were like, um, the conductor of the bus came and got me and my friend and they're like, your bus is here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And they like had all of our stuff in their in their arms and we're like, ah! running after our bus who also had stopped. And they like, throw our bags on, throw us on. We're like, <laughs> And then our actual bus drives off and we never saw the Salvation bus again. Touched by an angel. <laughs> That is so good. That's actually, though, something that you mentioned is interesting because this is true not just of tourist buses, but of all long-distance buses in Nepal, is they stop every once in a while Mm -hmm. for, like, pee breaks and food. And there's kind of, like, this rhythm to it. It's so funny to watch people who haven't done it that much. (laughs) They're all confused, like, why are we stopping? What's happening? You know, but if you're on a bus of, like, seasoned nepal travelers whether tourists or locals they all know the bus stops and someone's like shouts across the bus it's time for food and everyone's like food 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 (laughs) (laughs) and if you don't get up they look at you and they're like are you having food like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) 
That's amazing. So yeah, usually there's kind of like a mid-morning stop for the morning meal, depending on how early your bus leaves. And then sometimes they'll do like an afternoon stop where you buy roadside snacks or whatever. And actually, roadside food here is quite good. Mm -hmm. There's certain types of food that you only buy at roadside shops. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of it's more like Indian style food, I feel like, like chana and mm -hmm. like roti. Boiled which is eggs. Little tortillas. Yeah. Boiled eggs and potato curry. And yeah, it's which, delicious. To be fair, spicy food is maybe not always the most agreeable when you're traveling on very windy roads. <laughs> Are you speaking from experience? I have not barfed <laughs> on the road. No. <laughs> but just. Not really an aside, but a quick detail about traveling in Nepal. If you're carsick, it's fine. It's totally not a big deal because mm -hmm. Nepalis get sick too. And when you get sick, just talk to the guy, not the driver, but there's always another guy who's like... The conductor. The conductor who's like in charge of taking care of you. Um, and taking your money. Yep. And you tell the conductor, plastic, <laughs> and he will give you a plastic bag. You can barf into it, and then you throw it out the window, and that's it. And life goes on. It's amazing. <laughs> and some poor, unsuspecting person walking down the road gets hit with your barf bag. <laughs> like the motorcyclist next to you. <laughs> I always imagine that's going to happen. I've yeah. never seen it actually happen, but it's got to happen, yeah. right? Oh, no. <laughs> the best is when you're going the opposite direction, and you pass a bus that's coming like from where you are going and there's a like just throw up down the sides of the bus you're <laughs> like oh no we're in for a bumpy ride oh, <laughs> this, this road's gonna awful. get crazy <laughs> yeah but um back to food <laughs> <laughs> uh roadside food is safe it's yeah. cool you can eat it i mean you might throw it up for other reasons but yeah yeah go for it dude yep. it's amazing yeah and never, don't be like, oh, I'm not hungry because I feel kind of ill from the bus because you will regret it later. Yeah. Hungry and ill is worse than oh, not hungry and ill. So bad. Like. At least get like an egg or something. Mm -hmm. Or if you're like our friend, just bring your own eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and pass them out to all your friends. Yeah. I also love fruit for bus rides because mm -hmm. it's more fresh, you know? Yeah. Some of that roadside food, although it is delicious, it can be rather heavy. Yeah. You can also buy stuff like out the window. Have you ever oh, done that? Yeah. Yep. Some, you can get all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Sometimes when you're stopped, like vendors will come with, I usually just buy water, but they'll have like other kinds of snacks and like fruit and newspapers and all this random stuff so you just shout out the window what you want and then hand them your money or on our coming back from our last field trip um when we were both very very sick feeling and we were standing up for hours at a time mm -hmm. we were like so nauseous then they were selling fish <laughs> deep fried fish oh they came on the bus Sometimes. they came on and rode with us yeah like multiple fish vendors yeah were they like competing at the same time yep. they're like fighting to get to the back <laughs> of the super crowded bus and fish 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 and we're like don't look at me <laughs> <laughs> just seems like the worst, last thing i want to eat yeah. when i'm on a bus on a windy road <laughs> Ooh, yeah that was a rough one yeah yeah eat some food yeah Maybe not the fish. Yeah. Experiment, but maybe not the fish. <laughs> Experiment, maybe not on the bus. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff is stuff that happens on local buses. So there's the giant tourist buses, mm-hmm. and then there's smaller buses. And there's a couple different sizes of these, but a really common one is called a micro. And it's like, I don't know, like a 12-seater van yeah. kind of thing. Like, it's not real tiny, but it's, you know, We would not call them like a mega van, I think. Like, <laughs> you know, the family that has like eight kids. That's their vehicle. I'm nodding like I know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> Everyone in, L- in LA has that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me, though. Um, but yeah, I feel like for me, I prefer to ride in those if I can. Like, for example, when you're going to Pokhara, you can catch one of those from Kalunki quite early if you go at like 536. Yeah. And then they go before all the tourist bus traffic. And so you get there a lot earlier. Remember how we said it was 200 kilometers away? Yep. Well, usually yep. on a tourist bus, it takes like eight hours, <laughs> which is not. But on a micro, I've gone in like five hours, four and a half. So. Yeah. I recommend that. Yeah. The good thing about that is that you don't need to buy a ticket beforehand. You're not trying to meet up with a certain micro. You can just show up and they're like, oh, you want to go to Pokra? Like, yeah, I want to go to Pokra. Like, cool. Get in the van. Get in the van. And then you pay. It's like 600 rupees. 500 rupees. Yeah. yeah. Five or six dollars. But if you're not going to Pokra, sometimes it's not as simple. We had this amazing experience recently where we were going to not a super common place to go. It's not that far from Kathmandu, but in order to get a direct bus there, you have to take like one specific bus. So we go to the, not the new bus park, we go to the old bus park. That is actually what it is called. Yes. If you're in a taxi, you're like, take me to the old bus park. So yeah, we went to the old bus park and then we go to the ticket stand and he's like, okay, follow my friend. So we're this guy and he's taking us between all the buses to like get to the right place. And we're going through these narrow cracks between these buses with our giant bags and like climbing over. It was like this obstacle course. To I was get like, to man, the right I bus. can't lose. I mean, I can't gain any weight. <laughs> yeah. um, and you actually have experience with taking the overnight bus, which is another thing. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I've only taken it twice. So I will say, at the get-go that I wouldn't necessarily recommend the overnight bus. We, when we're working, try to not take it just because the roads are windy. And I mean, even overnight buses in America are kind of scary. So sleep is a thing that a person needs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if they're driving. Yeah. Just because the roads are so crazy, like when it's dark, it's more common to have accidents and stuff. And that's one of the most common causes of death in Nepal is traffic accidents. So not highly recommended. But to certain places, the only way that you can get there is an overnight bus. Yeah, we were going somewhere really far. So the only thing was a overnight bus and how many hours was it i think it was 24 oh like exactly 24 that was not even to our final destination that's so that was like to where we then took a jeep from when and then from there we started walking for two weeks or whatever anyway my experience with overnight bus was pretty chill it was kind of amazing because they had extra people that would come on after we had left Kathmandu, like they kind of, you know, you pick up people along the way who are going to the same destination or who are getting off earlier. And little by little, the bus kind of filled up, which is totally normal here to have people just standing 
But for this particular time, because it was an overnight bus, people wanted to like lay down. <laughs> yeah, I know. And stand up at like three in the morning. So they actually at one of our snack stops just bought a bench <laughs> from the shop that we were at. And then like all of these like young guys just kind of all squeezed onto this bench. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and um, I also remember that we stopped at 11 p.m. to eat food. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, I feel like crap. Then you get off and you eat a humongous plate of doll bot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you get back on and you go to sleep and you wake up in a different region of the country yeah that would be kind of crazy yeah my new life goal is to take a greyhound somewhere and buy a bench and sit in the aisle <laughs> no no i don't recommend greyhound to anyone well you mentioned that after your overnight bus you took a jeep and those are also really common here yeah. because the roads are not all paved so if you're going to certain places it's really nice to take they're called sumos um it's just another brand name that's similar to Jeeps of these kind of large off-road vehicles. And for me, that's my favorite way to go somewhere to go trekking. Because mm -hmm. often when you're starting a trek, if it's not from a major city like Pokhara, you're going to kind of a remote town to start. And so if you take a bus, it can be really scary. Like my scariest bus experience was coming home from Langtang. And oh, it was horrifying. Let me just say, I hit my head on the sea leg of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Standing or sitting? Sitting. <laughs> oh my gosh. The driver was crazy. All We were the only foreigners on the bus and we were in the back. So when you go over a bump, it's the worst, right? <laughs> I got my head like three or four times. But all the Nepalis on the bus were shouting at the driver, slow down, you're going to kill us. And we're in the back like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing, but it was not fun. Yeah. yeah. But ever since then, I like to take Jeeps. And they're just like a normal public vehicle or a bus where you buy a ticket for a specific seat in the sumo, and then you go to the designated place. Make sure you know what it's called. My friend and I went to the wrong place by oh, accident no. once because we, we told the taxi driver, and he drove us somewhere kind of far. It's like, this can't be right. And I told him again, and he was like, oh, <laughs> drove oh, us back no. to this place that was only like 10 minutes from our house. Oh, no. But yeah, so you go there and you can buy a ticket like at the spot where the sumos leave from or you can get it ahead of time. That's usually better. Um, yeah. And it's just like a bus, only yeah. smaller and jeepier. How do you figure out which part of the city that jeeps actually leave from? You ask around. <laughs> ask Nepali friends. I also ask, I have a travel agent guy that I always buy everything from. So we're buddies. So I've asked him as well. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess, like, if I didn't have any resources here, then I would go and ask a travel agent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Usually Maybe have willing. them write it down, too. Yeah. Because you will not pronounce it right if you can't speak Nepali. <laughs> or you won't then. pronounce it right if you can, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions at travel agencies. Like, of course, they want you to buy something from them. But if you don't, it's not, they're not going to be, like, mad, you know. Yeah. They're willing to help you. It's fine. Whoa there. Slow down past big and white. I think you forgot that it's time for an ad break. You know, when I moved to Nepal, I quickly realized I could not use Google here. Yeah, half the places I want to go to aren't even on there. I know, and half the roads that take me there are missing anyway, so. Yeah, um, according to Google Maps, your house is just a 
dot, like in a gray ether. I know. I live in the capital city. (sighs) But what else is there? Girl, let me tell you. Move over, Google Maps. I am kicking you to the curb. Yeah. Get off the road, Tom Tom. There's a new kid in town. Let me tell you. Now, I only use RomRom. Trademark. Have you heard of it? It's the amazing new Directions app. Wow, it sounds exciting. Yeah, and there's no trouble with voice activation. And you don't have to worry about silly distance units like kilometers and miles. Wow, RomRom sounds kind of awesome. Yeah, it is. And there's no trouble with voice activation. It's so easy. And you don't even have to worry about distance units like kilometers or miles. Okay, so I just downloaded the app. Let's try it out. Hey, RomRom. Where's the nearest coffee shop? Ooh, there. What? What does that even mean? Okay, so let me explain how this app works. It's amazing. You ask it for directions, and it tells you how far away it is. The length of the ooh correlates to distance. Oh, you know what? I think I've heard that, like, traveling in Nepal and asking for directions. Yeah, I think people actually say that. Yeah, it's amazing. A team of specialists has developed an algorithm that RamRam uses to tell you the distance based on the length of the ooh. Wow, okay, I think I'm getting it. Here, I just downloaded it too. Let me try. Hey, RamRam, where is Swayambu? Oh no, it sounds like it's going to take us all day. Yeah, I guess we should walk for a while and then ask again. Huh, it looks like there's also some other voice options if you don't like the ooh sound. You can also choose to use the voice of a random shopkeeper. Yeah, I've heard that no matter where you are, when you ask him how far away it is, he'll say it's five minutes. Yeah, and like after you've been walking for another hour, he'll come back out onto the road and tell you it's another five minutes. Great. Yeah, I love it. It's so encouraging. Ooh, I also see this option where if you're late, it will send a text for you, and the text always says there's traffic and you'll be there soon. Wow, that's perfect. I'm so excited to use RomRom to get around Nepal. I know, me too. All the features just match perfectly with my experience here. Thanks, RomRom. There's actually another way that you can get around. What? I know. It's called a car. Wow. Shocking. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So you can take taxis or private cars places as well. Um, I've done this to Pokhara. Like if we have a group of us that are all going, then we'll hire a private car. Um, And that has worked well, especially if we have kids in the group. Yeah. Because then you can stop whenever you want. And it's just a lot more flexible. And we also had them drive us around while we were in Pokhara too which I'm starting to feel like a really rich person. (laughs) But it was so much easier than getting taxis around the city and probably the same price. Yeah, and that's something else that you can organize at a travel agent. Mm, True. Ask about a private car. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even if you're not going somewhere as far, like, for example, when you met me this weekend in Nagarkot, which is about, what, two hours away, Mm -hmm. um, you just called our taxi driver friend and asked if he would drive you that far, right? Yeah. If you have any expat friends here, all of them have taxi driver friends. Yeah. <laughs> you right. need you need a taxi driver's number sometimes. Yeah, especially I really like cuz he knows where we live and since we don't have Uber and we don't have addresses, if you want a taxi, you have to go out to the road and just find one. But if you are friends with a taxi driver and you have their number and they know where you live, 
they can come pick you up right at your house. And yeah. it's so much easier, especially if you're leaving like really early in the morning or late at night or you have a lot of luggage or something. Yeah, I would recommend a taxi if you're going somewhere like Nagarcoat. Yeah, if it's within Kathmandu Valley, if it's on the Kathmandu Valley Rim, somewhere like that, like within 40 kilometers or so, then a taxi could be a viable option, mm-hmm. especially if you got quite a few people and a lot of luggage. True. Yeah. That's the best. And it can be great language learning practice. Oh my gosh. I talked for like an hour and a half to our taxi driver friend and it was so fun. It was like all the things that I never really think about, like when I'm traveling and I'm like, huh, I wonder what that's about. Like I'm looking <laughs> out the window like an emo kid in a music video, you know? Yes. And I never get to ask anybody, so I was asking him all these things, and it was awesome. That's awesome. Our friend said that she talked to him later, and he was like, your friend, White, she is a Romilomance, which means fun person. That makes me so happy. He also said, she is very frank. Frank. <laughs> I love it when Nepali say that. It's always confusing. I'm like... I think you're trying to compliment me, but that also feels like maybe I was too direct and I insulted you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not sure. Anyway, I think he loved that you talked to him the whole time. It was really good. It's Which, actually so yeah. interesting. Like Nepali culture, I feel like the default source of entertainment is talking to people. I was cracking up this week when I was at Nagarcoat. There was this guy outside painting and he yawns and he's like, oh, I'm so bored. There's no one to talk to around here. I'm just bored. <laughs> and I I was thinking about how different that is from our Western sensibility of if you were going to say the reason you're bored, it's because there's nothing to do, not there's no one to talk to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which brings me to the next point. If you do take a taxi, even just around Kathmandu, but especially like if you're going some like a farther distance, try to talk to your driver. Not always can they speak English, but most of the time if you're in that business, then you can speak at least some English. I mean, I've had some really just fun conversations with the taxi drivers. Even if it's kind of awkward, it's always hilarious later. At least, I don't know about you, white, but me, big, my personal inclination is often when I'm tired or like culturally stressed out or whatever, my first assumption is like, you're trying to take advantage of me. Or you're just annoying, and I just want to shut down and not talk to the person. Yeah. But, you know, just because someone is trying to bargain with you for a price doesn't mean they're trying to take advantage of you. Yeah, which is a really good thing, even for us, to still keep in mind. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. They're not your enemy. Like, you're in this together. You need to go somewhere. They want to take you there. So just find something that works for both of you. Some people love bargaining, and some people hate it i don't super like bargaining so like just do whatever is not going to make you like nepal less (laughs) like it's probably going to come down to a difference of a few dollars and you have a lot of money Mm -hmm. in nepal Mm -hmm. so yeah if it stresses you out to bargain then it's fine like don't become a bad person because of it. Just be like, yeah, sure. And even yeah. if they are taking advantage of you, that's their problem, not yours. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a good reminder just in general for us. But also, I think it's even more true in Nepal because it is such a relational culture. 
like it's important to build that relationship and I think being distant or mean to people is even worse here (laughs) than it is in our culture so just remember that and be nice and be polite and maybe chat and you might learn something about the culture or just have a funny story to tell later even if you're American smile yeah Americans are really great at smiling at strangers we (laughs) love it and Nepalis are okay with it too so Go team. So even if you can't speak Nepali and they can't speak English, then just look like a nice person. (laughs) Yeah. Goes a long way. I've heard a lot of, like, I've talked to a lot of taxi drivers who, you know, get frustrated driving tourists around because cultural misunderstanding on both sides. So don't stress yourself out, but like do what you can to alleviate that tension. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I will say, I feel like Nepalis are so appreciative of any small effort that you give. Yeah. Yeah, like if you try to say a few phrases in Nepali or if you try to engage with them, ask about their family, like they'll be so appreciative and it'll build the relationship. So we wanted to teach you guys some useful phrases. Yeah, we got your back. Are you ready? Get a pen and paper. (laughs) Check your timestamp. Come back to this. (laughs) Learn to write in Devanagari and then listen to this portion. Or the International Phonetic Alphabet. Either one. Either one. Okay. So the first one is, of course, the standard greeting in Nepali. Namaste. Namaste. Disclaimer. Neither of us are native speakers of Nepali. I know. You're so surprised. (laughs) But maybe take our pronunciations a little bit with a grain of salt. (laughs) So namaste, um, I think for some Westerners, can sound like, ooh, hippy-dippy, yoga, something, something. (laughs) It's not, I mean, it's technically religious, but it just feels normal here. That's how you say hello and how you say goodbye. And Bo will. Be very pleased to say that back to you, especially old people. Oh, yeah. I love talking to old people because I feel like often they're a little bit reluctant. And then if you initiate, they're like, oh, boy, I would (laughs) love to say hi to you. And old people with like grandchildren, too. And they get the grandbaby to like do namaste for you. Yeah. Greetings are really important here culturally. Like I feel like in at least in the U.S., one of the first things we teach kids to say is like, please and thank you. And here it's namaste. And yeah. they teach them to put their hands together in the prayer. Hello, you know? You have so this like cute. tiny baby who can barely move and they're like sticking its hands together. <laughs> Say namaste. It's awesome. Um, I think the next one you might automatically think, like if you're an English language learner, be like, hi, how are you? But no, <laughs> we're going to teach you what Nepalis actually say. Yeah, and actually, this is common throughout Asia. A common way of asking how someone is is, "Have you eaten rice?" Yes, it's Which amazing. It's like the important thing in life. So the way you say that in Nepali is, "Kana kanubaya." Kana kanubaya. Oh, kaisakyo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful when you're asking questions. People might think you're gonna understand the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Even if you just hear someone say that, then you'll know what they meant. Our next one. It's just kind of a catch-all. When in doubt, just say this. Unless mm. the person seems like they're in distress. <laughs> yeah. You can say, Ram Rota, which means, it's good. And then if it's really good, you can say, Ektam Ram Rota. <laughs> Draw out the Ektam as long as you want. Yep. <laughs> the longer, the better. <laughs> so, 
good is ramru. Mm-hmm. The sentence structure is different. So don't try and put English into this and be like, ta, 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 ta. <laughs> that is not good. That Ra- means it is. Ramru. 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 And the final important Nepali phrase that you should learn. Tiksa. Tiksa. That means, okay. And you can <laughs> use fine. it all the time for everything. Yep. It's fine. It's good. Okay. I'm fine. Everything is going smoothly. (laughs) Okay, you guys like totally remember all of those, right? What you will get if you say these phrases is a lot of appreciation. Nepalis are not judgmental about language learning. They're so happy that you have put the effort into learning about them and their culture. So just give it a go. You won't sound great. It's fine. They don't expect you to. You're a foreigner. Yes. Great tip. That's one of the things I love so much about Nepal. People are so encouraging. With language learning. They really are. Like, all you need to say is namaste, and they're like, oh, wow, you speak Nepali. It's amazing. Dear Nepalis, thank you. I love yeah. you so much. Yeah, you're the best. Well, that feels like a good place to end this yeah. travel in Nepal episode. It reminded me how much I love traveling in Nepal. I know. I really love it, too, actually. I think, for me, the hardest part is, like, ma- planning it, you know? Yeah. But then whenever I'm traveling, I'm like, man, why don't I do this more? Why do I just sit in Kathmandu and frown when I could drive two hours and look at mountains? Yep. Silly, silly me. Mm. Well, you guys, if you live in Nepal or if you're coming to Nepal or if you used to live here and you miss it, well, just think about all the great places you could travel to (laughs) and then plan it and then actually do it. Yep. That's my advice to you. Yep. So simple when you break it down like that. <laughs> so obvious. <laughs> okay, well, I think it's time for some mailbag. Yay! So we love it when you guys write to us. It makes us so happy, let me tell you. And recently we got some messages from a listener who went to a Nepali restaurant in LA. Which is amazing, first of all. Good job. Yes. Good choice. We're so proud. And she said it's one of her favorite places. So she's just getting trying to get brownie points from us, I think. (laughs) Maybe that. I was going to say, we see you. I don't know why that makes me feel good because I'm not owning the restaurant, but (laughs) it's because you want to be my friend. I get it. (laughs) Um, But one of the fun things is she sent us a picture of a beer that they sell there that's called Kukuri, which we're like, where is this beer from like this should be a nepali brand and we've never heard of it exactly if you guys don't know what a kukri is it is the fighting knives that the gurkhas use it's a very nepali thing yeah everyone uses them in the village for not fighting but killing chickens cutting wood it's like the machete of nepal yeah it pretty much looks like a machete too Mm -hmm. so but cooler yeah (laughs) so there's a rum called kukri and there's all kinds of other things called kukri but we had never seen this beer before and apparently it's from the uk so way to be international you guys and it was a lager just to let you guys know that which i always think is so weird because you know kukri it's like fighting Ooh, i'm so tough and then it's a lager it's like a super light <laughs> beer like this light beer yes kukri. <laughs> but it's it's nice and refreshing and light well to give her credit, refreshing beer is what you want with her meal that she ordered, which was chili momos. Oh, yes. Our favorite. She said 
her canker sore was in pain. So, of course, it was delicious. That means good signs for the chili yeah. mamas. <laughs> yep. Thanks for taking our advice and eating the chili mamas. Yeah. And thanks for sharing your experience with us. Yeah. And other listeners, please write in. We love hearing from you. It's amazing. Yeah. We'll share photos on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess that's the end of the episode. And thanks so much to our Patreon supporters. You guys are amazing. We love that you are enjoying this podcast enough to financially support it. Yeah, we feel the love. And send us emails at bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Remember to rate us on Apple Pod. No, yeah. Yes, Apple Podcasts. (laughs) I am not iPhone worthy material. I know. It's okay. I still love you. (laughs) If you had gotten that Jack Daniels phone cover, everything would have been forgiven. (laughs) Well, I think I better go away. It's getting kind of late. All right. I think I think that's a good idea. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow. Okay. Great. Yep. Great. Okay. 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 Yep. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.